And now we get our weekly weather update with retired National Weather Service meteorologist Hugh Johnson. Welcome back, Hugh. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> well, today certainly did not feel like February 26th, more like April 26th. Where is the snow and cold? What's, what has been going on this winter? Is it over? I don't want to say it's over yet. That, that would be a little bit premature, but but it has definitely been a weird winter. Um, the polar vortex never collapsed. We had a strong El Nino. We had a blitz uh, jet stream, a bifurcated jet stream structure, very unusual. A lot of the Arctic air was kept up in Canada. You know, plenty of snow in Alaska, places like that, but... Uh, well, of Canada was it was even above normal, but we were definitely above normal. In fact, it's it's uh, we were knocking on, we were on the verge of setting our mildest meteorological winter on record. Now, meteorological winter is from December 31st to February 29th, and we're one tenth of a degree ahead of 2015-16, which was also a strong El Nino, and it looks like we're going to easily hold that. Although the last day of the month will turn slightly colder than normal. We'll We'll probably discuss that a little bit more, but the next couple of days will be very mild. Hit 59, by the way, today, which is our normal high for April 15th, not 26th, but it's mid-April weather, basically. So we had a very, very nice day. And uh, February, by the way, is also looking to be perhaps the second warmest on record. It will not reach the 35.2 average set way back in 1828, but we could easily get uh, second or third place. 1834, the February of 17, and 1981 are all very close to each other, right around 33.2 degrees for second, third, and fourth place, respectively. And we're right in that mix as we speak now. So we, we could actually uh, we could get up very close to that. And we'll also have our, our driest February on record right now, which is very unusual. Uh, only 0 .17, 0 0.17 inches of rain the entire month, but... And this is a big but. It's a good bet that we won't we won't get that anywhere close to that because we're going to get a pretty good uh, looks like a soaking rain on Thursday with a strong cold front, which may knock us out of contention. Where all we need is another six uh, about seven tenths of an inch to knock us out of the top ten because they're all below an inch, and we might end up with an inch for the month. We'll still be well below normal, but anyway, still as you know how you slight and, and snow. Forget it. We're twenty two point two inches. We're not. Not in the top, I don't think we're in the top least 10 snowiest winters there, but we're close, and there's really no chance for snow until the 28th, and we might actually pick up a little snow on that day. So we could actually see a couple of those things change before the end of the month. Boy, when you said that the hottest February on record was back in 18-something, my first thought was climate warming deniers are going to pick up on that. And yet, yeah. scientists know about global warming back in the 60s and 70s. I find it pretty impressive at how accurate their predictions about unpredictable weather and crazy storms were. Yeah, well, actually, okay, back there were some scientists that were actually even further back than that, co correctly forecasting global warming, but there were a batch of scientists in the 60s, and I have a, I actually have a, a magazine from 63, I think it's a life or something. And it, it, I remember I picked it up in Saratoga back in the 90s, and it talked about the Great Ice Age coming. There were people that actually, because here, here's the thing, once again, back in the 60s and 70s, we had more aerosols in the atmosphere before the EPA came to fruition. We had a lot more junk in the atmosphere, which was 
at that point, Trump being CO2 warming, it was kind of going back and forth. But once we cleaned up the air, but we kept putting the CO2 in it, that's when things started to change for good. And that was closer to 1980 when we really took off. Now, there were two years that we had distinct cooling, especially 1992 and three after the release of Pinatou, which pushed a lot of aerosols into the atmosphere, into the stratosphere, and a little less with Mount St. Helens. That was not as nearly as, as much, but it was still enough to cause a little cooling in 1981. But other than those two, a couple of years and a little cooling around 2000, we've been pretty much warming up since then. Do you realize our last month globally that was below normal was back in 1985? I kid you not. If you take the whole globe, the whole earth as integrated uh, average temperature, it's back. You had, to go, you had to go back to 1985. Pre-industrial temperatures, I should, I should add, you know, before the industrial, before the industry started to t- raise temperatures. And you, you, meant, oh, you mentioned that the earth actually cooled a few years with some post-volcanic eruptions. Uh, and there was a lot of smoke from the Canadian wildfires. Why didn't mm-hmm. that smoke also cool the globe? Very good question. Um, and basically the answer is, it, yeah, it did cause a lot of horrible air quality. It did darken the sky and it locally cooled maybe a day or two, but it did not produce anywhere near the amount of aerosols that a major volcano eruption does. Okay. It was spread out too over a longer time. It did cause terrible air quality, but a, a volcano, I, I tried to look at the numbers I didn't actually find, but I'm betting it's at least uh, 10 times more than what the Canadian fires did. So, yeah, they didn't put a dent in the temperature so much, uh, but basically, except locally, but they sure did you know, cause a lot of havoc. And by the way, talking about the Canadian fires, not to scare you, some of them are still going on in Canada. They're not, they call them phantom fires, or they're actually still burning like underground or near the ground level. And the weather pattern has not changed that much since last summer, folks, up there in Canada. We still have unusual heights. The, the, the low that's usually around Hudson's Bay has generally been pushed north, occasionally dips down. We're going to get a big dip in that this, later this week. But for the most part, it's been, it's been much further north, and that's allowed it to be quite dry over Canada. Now it's winter, so it's dormant, but we'll have to see if this pattern continues. We may have another uh, spell of the Canadian fires. And, and by the way, up to 5% of the forest fires, uh, uh, I mean, for, forest was burned from the forest fires last year by far the biggest forest fires for Canada in record history, in history. So you gave us a little preview for the weather this week. Do you have anything else to say? Oh, yeah. Well, I've got a lot to say. We just don't have much time. But uh, we're going to see another um, very warm day tomorrow, a little more sunshine, a little less sunshine to say, and a little more wind, still pushing 60 tomorrow. And we might bust into the 60s on Wednesday. If we can get sun, we get the southwest wind ahead of a strong cold front. We have a shot of getting well into the 60s and, and possibly going for the record. I forget, I forgot to check what it was, but we will be in, in line for a record high if that happens. But we'll say at least 60. But then, then Wednesday night into Thursday, that strong cold front we talked about comes through, probably bringing a band of heavy showers, maybe a thunderstorm. We had one in, in January. Now we might have one in, in February. And then sharply colder. That's right. You heard that right enough to possibly cause a flash freeze on Friday morning. And we might even see a little snow. I'm not looking for much snow, but we could get an inch or so. 
and we could see temperatures tumbling into the 20s, um, and it could cause very slippery roads. The potential is there. So I think Friday is going to be like, oh, my God, it really still is winter. So February looks to go out like a lion, and March will also come in like a lion. But then it's going to warm up again after that. So it's just a quick shot of cold air and then back to warming again. We had talked about the um, the predictions back in the 60s and 70s. And one of the things they said was that it would be irregular and unpredictable and lots of, of variability. Yeah. It seems like this is a perfect example of it. Absolutely. I mean, and, and you know, it's it, we're, good, we're finding out new things about climate change and some weird patterns. And it's just been a very, I, I, where I was in Hilton Head, it wasn't that warm relative to climate compared to up here, but that's actually what you expect with an El Nino. It's not so warm in the Southeast. In fact, it's usually a little wetter and cooler than normal. And that's exactly, and people in Florida were complaining too that, you know, it was cool compared to what they're used to. But meanwhile, up here, we were quite mild for what we are normally used to. And a very, very strange winter indeed. <laughs> Thanks for that, Hugh. Thanks for joining us again. We look forward to talking to you next week. Absolutely. I'll be there. Thanks a lot, Hugh. Bye-bye. Great evening, everyone.